Welcome to Budai's weekly podcast. This is all about light language and uh, it's connected with all the eras in existence that are still playing out in different sound sound frequency vibrations. So our whole focus in Budai is within the soundlessness, so then we self-seed and create infinite sounds, vibrations and frequencies. And it, it's an enriching and bodied energy that we're constantly unfolding in our own, own journey. And as a collective, we had someone recently, um, you know, ask us a little bit more about, you know, who's involved in Budai. And also we... we were asked about different paradigms because we don't think about um, our life in a in a different paradigms. We don't live in um, different worlds. We live in the world we are and don't see any separation. So yeah, definitely we do require an income and all the things we do get bills to pay and all those sort of things. Yes, we love having a place to live in or dwell in, as our Lord Shiva always says. However, we work on different tapestries and we flow within different tapestries of light. So it's not something you can really wrap your head around as an individual mindset. It's something that you just simply open through the heart center, connected to the earth element within your flow of the dance of the elements, and then breathe in the air and ether and let it flow through the water element. And that's really how we create. It's how we connect with one another. So our team is made up of... Oh, Gautama Buddha, we've said this before, but we'll say it again because we did have a, an interesting um, email from someone and so as it's ignited this particular podcast actually. <laughs> so um, yeah, we do, we, we create, we co-create with um, Paramahansa Yogananda, Muktananda sometimes comes by, Shirdi Sai Baba, that's because, you know, like Ganesh is really um, in, in playfulness with him and nicknames him Shirds. So, you know, Ganesh is really good at shortening names. Um, it, very respectful always, you know. They're just playful, you know. Sometimes Ganesh is Baal Ganesh, baby Ganesh. So, you know, children pl are playful and, it, and it's fun. And, and as an adult being, it's really lovely to connect on that vibration where there's that sense of um, childlike innocence, which when we're seeing through our two eyes connected to the Ajna, it helps us create differently. Um, so we do have Hanuman, Lakshmi, Sarasvati, and something that came up was, um, are we part of the Hindu Parthenon? <laughs> so what we were going to say to that is, and some of you won't be interested in that, so flick the switch straight away, but we're just answering a response by some people that uh, sent us a note about it. So... People build um, faith around uh, different uh, experiences through different beings of light. You know, Paramahansa has organizations, Muktananda has organizations, you know, Shirdi Sai Baba, lots, lots of organizations sprouted up. In fact, the success of that happened after he moved on from that density in his form. You know, but he's still around. Um, Maharishi is another one. You know, he comes in and, and, you know, if we've got a student that comes to us um, that he that we're aligned in Maharishi, then Maharishi will show up because that's what happens. You know, the, the teacher always shows up for their students if they need help in any way or require assistance or just to walk the, walk beside them, you know, because life can be a bit lonely and isolating if you, if you don't recognise that, um, you know, even when you're so, you know, fulfilled within yourself and you love your own company, um, usually that stems from being that connectivity of the primordial isness, the source, whatever you want to call the cosmic energy, God, whatever you want to call it. So you've got that depth of connection, so you have that flow. 
But there's always beings, you know, because we're never an island, even when we feel it. Um, so for us, we collaborate. So we're not here to create a teaching or anything like that. What we are is sharing um, our own journey, how we collaborate, how we grow ourselves, because whether we're we're all in different densities, Lord Shiva is, can, you know, be very dense in his structure when he wants to, so does Ganesh, even now. Um, Lakshmi shows up when she wants to, Krishna does. Um, yeah, we do. We just, we come together, and it's playful, it's fun. And that's the ethos. We just fun. That's how we got the name Buddhai, because it's laughing Buddha. And there's a Buddha in everyone, you know. It doesn't matter what faith or whatever spiritual path you're on or, or you know, atheist, whatever it is. You, there's a flow in what you are. And so we wanted to share that. So now we'll move on to that, because we've answered the questions uh, on some emails that we got about paradigms. And uh, ours, for us, we're just not in any sense of separation. We can move in any stream of um, light. And people who don't understand it all can be a little bit toxic in their negativity. Um, you know, we just flow through it, <laughs> because we're here to play and grow and have fun and share with those who, who, who are sharing also. It doesn't have to be the same frame of reference. You know, there's so many amazing people. There's, you've got people like, um, you know, that are very big in the social media, but bigger, big in their field. But then there's people who are unseen. I mean, we know many teachers um, that still live in the Himalayas that no one sees, and we know them intimately. Um, but not everyone's reached that level of um, media fame, you know. But, you know, there's beautiful people. There's Janet Stone, MC Yogi and his wife, Thousand Buddhas. Um, gosh, there's so many. There's Boho Beautiful. I've got their thing going on. Beautiful people doing their thing, sharing their wisdom, sharing their journey, just sharing themselves and being very open about it, which is really a gift to not only each of us that are, you know, expressing in kindness through Ahimsa, do no harm, but, you know, there's lots. There's Patar, you know, Yanni King channels Patar. Gosh, Esther Hicks does a works with Abraham, the collective collaboration of frequencies that's called Abraham. You know, there's so many. You know, we just um, – the, and there's so many people, you know, in, you would all know them in your everyday life. Someone around you smiled at you. You know, someone around you said something kind. It's all – when you, you are that vibration, you're just sharing something. Um, you know, there's no greater or lesser. There's certainly no hierarchy. When we say elevate your vibration, there's not a better than by elevating, but it's conducive to expansion in a particular way. But it doesn't make someone better than someone else. It's simply a, a, a different flow. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, we're working on our Patreon community. And it really uh, steps up in full swing in January because we're focused on biomimicry design and we're going to incorporate um, really the intricacies and yet the simplicity of, of how we built the, the pyramids. You know, we use light language and light language is uh, symbols. They're symbols, but within those symbols, there's codes, just like in Sanskrit, there's, it, it anchors a vibration. Well, these symbols, is, it, it's called light language, but really all language can be light, as depending on how you resonate with it. So these are symbols. I guess some people would associate them a little bit like hieroglyphics, but the symbols are um, not exactly the same, but they certainly are an embodied energy. So the pyramids were based on um, soundless to sound frequency vibration, and the pinnacle point that that peak of a pyramid um, is a tapping center and a gateway. So we won't harp on that 
that sort of thing. But we will focus on what's in the here and now, even though they're still around and they're, they're still functioning in a vibrational vortex. Um, moving in January, we're going to be sharing a lot of the symbols, but within these symbols are gateways within portholes of... Uh, vortexes of creation, but deeper than that. And it's hard to explain. It's like um, Indigenous cultures when they had a spirit animal. So for Isis, you know, she's got the hawk, the eagle. Um, and so some of these imagery will invoke your uh, connection to nature, you know, whether it's in the form of many spirit animals, because a lot of us have many, um, or one particular focal point. You know, with the, with the eagle, the uh, eyesight, you know, because you remember the, the Horus symbol, the Isis symbol has got the eye, the Ajna, which is the same with uh, Lord Shiva, with the all-seeing eye and the fire element. So we've all got our connectivity that we're sharing, but there's always a symbio symbiosis of all the dance of the elements. So the eagle has ex an amazing insight and visual uh, skill, and it can penetrate through the gaze of its eye. So that was the symbol and the resonance uh, between the um, eagle with uh, uh, Isis itself and that, that symbology. But it goes deeper than that. So what we'll be sharing is just um, artwork. And yet they're not necessarily digitized or, you know, computerized and oh, there's so many beautiful people out there that are highly skilled in their technical prowess of using digital media, digital ways of creating their artwork. That's not us. <laughs> so we're literally just drawing and they're very basic sketches. However, the embodied energy of that, the synergy within the energy of each stroke within these simple lines and uh, the way the picture comes together is really enriched in incredible tapestries of light. You know, these days people are doing amazing things with um, YouTube clips, aren't they? Their graphics are fantastic. Yet again, that's not us. <laughs> However, the energy embodied in the simplicity of what, simplicity of what we're doing is um, very, very present. And it will um, connect. For those of you who are connected and drawn to um, energy in a way through art or just uh, sacred geometry. And sacred geometry is simply embodied frequencies, which is held respect. Sacredness just means a sense of respect. Um, you know, and when we're coming from the heart within the solar plexus connected to the muladhara, then that grounded earth element really hones a sense of alignment with our energetic streams. So Paramahansi will, you know, if you want to, you know, you've read his books, we don't need to go into their teachings in any of these beautiful people because they're already out there. There's organisations that you'll tap into, tune into, or read a book, or talk to a person who's having a conversation. Where really very much in the present now and so we just collaborate and we just share where we're coming from now as a as a union yoga which is for us that's the meaning of yoga union so that's where that comes from but we'll be drawing so it comes sometime in December we'll be uploading those imagery um, those images into uh, our Patreon community. And that's where our focus is. That's what's going to be our platform where we share a lot of this information just because we found it a really good um, uh, platform or in resonance of being able to be in a community where people are interested and uh, wanting to participate. And But we go into design of buildings. So there's, you know, gosh, how many talented architects are there and designers? But how many of you, which is pretty much all of you, are amazing biologists, you know, tuning into yourself, uh, 
into self-care, recognising your body as this amazing functional um, sentient being that can uh, keep it going, you know, get the organs pumping, calm our nervous system. You're now more aware that you don't need to have a flight or fight response. So you're really tapping into the neurons within your neural pathways to really come into the earth element, which doesn't resonate with a flight or fight response. That's an unearthed being, you know. And let's face it, in our lifetime, most of us have been that, you know, whether we, <laughs> we go to fight ourselves, uh, mirrored in others, or take flight because we're fearful of something. So this is transcending that, that, that fear state. It doesn't mean you don't ever get butterflies in your stomach when you're going to take an action step that you're a little bit unnerved by. But the more you go into your elongated breath, the more you will activate the neurons that work through your and is streaming consciously through your neural pathways, the more you recognize that there's a detachment now of that fight or flight response. And you're coming from a very, very different tapestry of light. But if you're not there yet, you're not into that awareness, that's, you know, you will in your own readiness. And it's not a race unless you make it that way. You know, in your own time, in your own way, in your own beauty, you find your way no matter what that is, and you're your own teacher. You know, there's just a lot of people out there sharing, and if something resonates for a little while, then great. If it doesn't, great also. And for us, well, we're going to create with others um, the Desert Dirt Pod Peace or <laughs> Desert Dirt Pea Pod series. That was a mouthful. And it's based on the flower. It's a tiny little flower. We've talked about that before, but it's the beginning of many things. One of the designs we share with you in December, late December, is connected with it. Well, it's visually looking like the all-seeing eye, but there's a beautiful architectural element within that, which is also in nature. So if you look at the... Now, this is where we're going into biology, and it's exciting because we've all got different... No matter what culture we come from, the shape of our eyes is very varied. Each one of us has got a variation in an eye shape. So when you, we look at the frog, the beautiful frog, <laughs> the way the eyes are shaped, and yes, different species have different shaped eyes, but there's sort of like this element that sort of has a wide area and then sort of navigates narrowly down. And we always think we're doing our earth bag build in the Riverina, a little place called Area Park. Small country town with big heart. And and this land that we're on has a massive heart. You know, to this day, it's still vomiting up junk that's been just uh, thrown on there um, by previous... I don't know, previous flows within existence. And so we're gradually picking that up because it's giving it to us to remove. But then where do you move it? Do you move it into the bin and then that goes somewhere else and lands in another person's junk? But it makes you very aware of what you're creating and how you're producing. And even building, gosh, it's really tricky, isn't it? Those of you who are building, own a building, we're own a building. And we have a lovely carpenter that uh, helps us out from time to time. But... Tricky because you end up with some sort of wastage. So what do you do with it? Do you bin it? Do you try and recycle it, upsell it? That would be the obvious. But sometimes you just don't have a use for it. And if you're in a community that looks at that and is happy to take it on because maybe they'll have a use, that's just amazing. But not everyone is in that community that's sort of awakened to that. So it's a journey. We're still going through that journey ourselves. But it's based on there's three rings, so three circles with a a little breezeway connecting one of the smallest circles, but the middle circle, which is a medium-sized circle, which will be the hub where we create our tinctures. So part of that 
we have like a dome shape, that's the idea, we haven't manifested that yet, a dome shape roof. And in that, it's like a um, an eye, the shape of an eye that is sort of sectioned off that comes across the roof. And that's so the lunar rays, the moon rays and the sun can stream through that and hit certain parts and create the tapestries of light required that help Lord Shiva and Ganesh and Isis and uh, the uh, and Pravati and others. I'm actually yoga hand, uh, Paramahansa yoga owner will be a part of that. And so we want to see this is what happens. We start with one person and then they all come in. So you get you're getting an idea of what Buddha is. You know, if you're not interested, you know what to do. Turn the volume off or turn the audio off. But some of you really are, which is why we're sharing in the first place. Okay, love design. So it's got this, and so that's what's going to happen. The light comes in and creates these tapestries. So when we're creating our tinctures, the vibratory nature of that um, brings those tapestries and into that capsule or that bottle that we're going to um, share those tinctures with. They're not fixative. We don't do fixative. We're, you know, we're coming from well-being, and so therefore they fortify, they enhance through nature's energies. And they work with people who are open to that. You know, it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's nothing like that. It's something that people will either resonate or they don't. When they resonate, they get a lot of benefit. When they don't, you just keep walking away. <laughs> like anything in life, right? If you don't like something, you don't feel good in that situation, just keep moving on. So where are we going with architecture? So that's one thing. But then this, one of these designs, you know, we're, we're putting them in the pathways through Patreon because, you know, some of you that will tap on, into this this source energy, um, you'll be able to create something. So there'll be downloadable files. We're not that technically mind using computers. We are in a different way where we because we use other platforms that aren't necessarily on that density. We'll, we'll go into that in a huge way in the last six months of 2020. In fact, that's where we really full, are in full swing with Budai and Spateri Design and Visionary Art. That second half of next year is just amazing. So that's that's where we sit, actually. You know, we go into no time and recognise in um, this Gaia's uh, spherical timeliness. There's That's when it falls due. It may release earlier, but we're not sure at this stage. So this particular symbol will ignite a sense of creativity that has neural pathway connectivity. It will magnify some of the neurons, neurons, not urine, neurons in the system that some of you aren't utilising at this particular sound wave. And they expand, they oscillate, they grow, they start um, creating in a different way. But you become very conscious of that existence. You may not use those words, and remember we're all speaking different languages in some ways, but really ultimately we're in the one language, kindness, heart, care, love, unconditional, that sort of thing. So... Within this particular one, there is architectural design elements that can actually be constructed, you know, using materials that are already in this day and age that are sustainable. So that's really exciting because it's a really interesting, um, you know, and those who are really creative, you'll, you'll see it straight away. But your own vision of it, and that's the thing about creativity, it's like a work of art. You know, not everyone's going to like that piece of art that you might love. But it doesn't matter. It's an expression of the isness of that creativity. So whether you like something or love it, it doesn't really matter. It's the openness to share something that's creative. So that's one. And then there's another one we're releasing in December, which is in the triangle. It's very much from what uh, we used to use in the when the pyramids were used. 
and has a p pivotal uh, light centre. And next year we'll actually create a model. We're not sure how we'll do that, that we can share it yet, but we will. We've got those few months to work that out. But it'll be just a sketch, you know, nothing fancy that, you know, those who are really good at that skill, as we've said, <laughs> but effective really, really effective because the energy's there. That will be a downloadable PDF as well. So then you can create from, you know, it'll, it ignites something. What these artworks are, they're ignition points. They're keys, if you like, keys into a sense of awareness of what light language through these graphics embody. And, uh, yeah, I guess some people think it's like an esoteric thing. We don't really look at it like that. But, you know, whatever words suit you that you feel consciously calm and connected in, it's nothing that we are as fear-based. Um, it's simply expression as nature. We all know, you know, you've got beautiful Jeff Lawton out there sharing the, and spreading the love and all the students and now teachers that are embodying permaculture. Um, you've got people who are recreating with nature and of nature, rainforests, regenerating, rejuvenating. But always remember, Gaia herself is a conscious being. She is literally always transforming herself. So we always come from, you know, no harm, but also no fear because Gaia is not going anywhere. Gaia can cleanse its water, cleanse the air, you know, even if particles of human beings or, or, or that, you know, others that, um, yeah, humans that aren't necessarily connected and don't recognize the vastness of how we impact Earth itself. Gaia is a much stronger energy than anyone can really uh, recognize but it's huge and it's vast. And there's so many of us, so many beings, you know, so attuned to Gaia's energy that we're also self-seeding um, greenery and uh, plants and uh, that the, the embodied energy of the nature spirits are all coming to the party with that. We'll actually share that in um, a lot of these podcasts and uh, share a different understanding of what symbiosis is from the frequencies we know ourselves, and that we work with Gaia as an embodied energy, but also Gaia herself, because she can communicate, she communes. And those of you who listen, there's beautiful artists around the world that actually, you know, see a being inside a tree and then help carve that being out, with the tree's permission, might we will say, and do these beautiful sculptures, um, and it becomes a living artwork, and that energy of that being that has allowed itself to be carved out and made known to the wider human populace. Um, it's really quite intuitive artwork and it's beautiful and it's a beautiful way to share because when we look at um, nature and we see the trees, we see forms within that nature and, and it communicates. So now you've got beautiful scientists sharing the wisdom and because they've done studies in their own way, the way they study, hopefully doing no harm, um, are recognising that nature's speaking to them. You know, and then as they elevate, there's less controversy around that because they're working with others who get it and are open to constantly expanding. But then there's, you know, everyone, you know, in your everyday, those people that love to garden and just feel, you know, they just enjoy it. They talk to the plants, don't always recognize that the plants are talking back. <laughs> Which they are. Um, or the bees are buzzing and wanting to hang out with them. But, you know, hopefully you don't have an allergy to a bee. And all those sorts of things. So these are all the magical wonderments. Now, magic to us, it's a beautiful word. You know, it doesn't mean... <laughs> it means beautiful to us. It's just a lovely way to express something. Because it's a lightness. It's a, it's a, a sanctuary. It's, a sanctu it's sanctified. It's lovely. 
but it may be not to you. So just use a different word that suits you or serves you in harmony and ahimsa, uh, do no harm. So back to design and architecture. So Yogananda is speaking uh, even now. He's saying, you know, back in his day when he was traveling the world, and, and you'll see some of it in his, he touched base with one of his books that he put out. It's not so much embodied energy in the teachings that are done through the organization now, but he's really keen to share his take on Vastu, Shastra and uh, his take on, actually even his take and his participation in Buddha. So he's going to share that through Patreon as well. Gosh, what else? Um, we'll go deeper into the design. You're all capable of building your own dwellings. In fact, it's, it's, a, it's a natural ability that we have. And these days, yes, there's a lot of rules and regulations, but there's always a way to navigate through that. And you're capable but how we're creating our infrastructure and our dwellings is, is through biomimicry, but then transcending that again, because we become that nature inhabitant. In other words, we become the dwelling itself. So it has a sense of communication. It does cocoon when required. It, it, gives, it gives us the energy as we also gift back to it. So it's an interchange of energy. You know, we become the particles in the walls. We become the particles within the glass that's going to be used. All the structures that we're designing have a lot of light streams through them. And they're all cross-ventilation um, orientated. Uh, but they're unusual shapes because they're all from nature, because we are nature itself. Remember that. And as are you. And you wouldn't really be listening to this if you didn't get elements of that. And are in a deep desire to go deeper into that. And change your dwellings from rectangles into shapes that are in the patterns. You know, you go along the beach. And when the tides come out and the sand's blown along the sand, and you can see these ripples, these beautiful wave patterns, you know, or you see a pan pattern. You know, we created the olive tree down in the Riverina in a pan pattern, so diamond-shaped. And within that, we'll be doing more swales, and we're creating um, uh, scattering seeds with wildflowers. But then we're creating more intricate tapestries within that, within nature itself, because it's creating its own designs yet again. And it's changing its patterns all the time. So... That's going to be mirrored in our design process with the dwellings and, and the concepts we create that will be openly shared with people. Because when you receive these, if it's your thing and it's something you're interested in, even if you start playing around with models, now there's no one who can't create a model. It just takes practice. But some of you are really skilled at it. It's just your, you go in and you start and you just get it. You're just really present in that energy. Um, we create very much energetically through our Ajna. So we can visually see the model, but... The tapestries to bring that together, uh, we're not so skilled at. So we're still working on that ourselves. But once the pictures are out there, you'll find a way to, if you resonate with it, and we'll just be streaming those every second month, every alternate month, we'll be creating a new pattern. Um, but in the off month where we're not doing that, we're working on the models and videos. So that's the mainstream all this time for the 2019, we've been very focused on audio, but in January, just because we're into sound and audio is our best platform for that, next year, videos. <laughs> there will be fumbles, there will be bleepers, and uh, there will be oops moments um, until we navigate um, our equipment. <laughs> but the last six months of next year, it will be very different again. So that's mainly the first six months. 
the last six months of that year, we're out and about in the field and uh, we'll be going out and uh, talking about that with others in person. So those of you who energetically can see, you will see us. You know, we'll have this form that is called ISIS, but uh, you will actually see us. Those who don't have that visual um, connection, um, it won't matter because you'll be resonating with the energy anyway, but it really doesn't matter, does it? You know, it's not seeing and believing anymore. <laughs> it's just resonating and, and, and sensing. <laughs> anyway. One time, I will just share this story. It was a long time ago, we did a consultation. You know, people think that we present in a certain way, we dress a certain way, you know, and, and back in the day, it was a long time ago, maybe 20 years ago, maybe a bit less, but a long time ago, uh, in, in as far as time goes. And we had this consultation with someone, and at the time, the body that we utilised, was we do very many different jobs, or we did, up until... January, we were doing lots of jobs. You know, we would work in retail, we would work in um, health, we would work in, um, which didn't seem so healthful. Um, gosh, we've done so many things. We do garden design, we do garden maintenance. We still love all that. Um, but January, we immersed ourselves in Budai as a collaboration and all of us came in um, in our own form in different frequencies. So we've done lots of things. So we still consulted all that time and we still do. In fact, we'll be going into more of that next year and, and towards the end of this year, doing a lot more consultations. And uh, we love one-on-one -on -one just because the uh, intimacy of it and, um, you know, you can the effect of one-on-one -on -one is because it is intimate. And so the open sharing, um, you know, you're not comparing yourself to another in a group you know, which even with you, when you think you've transcended it, we still pick up on that people do that, you know, or not likely to say exactly what they want to say, they'll hold back. So one-on-one -on -one really works well with us. Um, but Patreon will, will try and do something that's a community stream at some point when we navigate the technical side. <laughs> it's not hard, is it? So back to that story. So, you know, people think you dress a certain way, right? You know, well, when, you know, some of the beings are known as part of the Indian Parthenon, we're actually known globally in different cultures, in different ways. There's so many stories around every single one of us. But remember, people create the story. And we're about to tell you one story that happened to us. So back then, you know, we wore office wear, well, whatever office wear is. I guess it depends on the office you're in. But it was the suit attire. And uh, so we showed up because we were in a so-called lunch break. You know, you've all had those where you've got a, a lot of time when you can only have this much time at lunch. So we scooted off for this consultation. We showed up. And this person, the first reaction was, oh, have I got the right person? <laughs> Come on, you've all known that. You've all done something like that. You've all experienced that, you know. When you've seen someone dress in a certain way, there's been a response. Now, there was not really a judgment, just a reaction, okay? So we understand. And so we sat down, and he was really, this gentleman was very hesitant the whole time until Isa started talking. Now, Ganesh and Isa are inseparable. <laughs> I mean, they literally are the DNA of life. <laughs> they just do the DNA strand, they, they merge and they morph, they merge and morph and then interlace with one another all the time. This is hysterical to watch from where we're sitting and where we are vibrationally, not we're sitting on a chair, that's not what we mean. It's a really beautiful uh, light display, you know, it's how we visually see them. But anyway, back to the story. So he wasn't sure what to say, so Ganesh just starts talking, and as he's talking, the, the gentleman says, oh, 
oh, I see him. I can see his head around your head, you know. And it's so funny because Ganesh has this habit of climbing all over Isis's head. <laughs> He'll sit like monkeys do, you know, monkeys – uh, you know, if you've been to somewhere, if you obviously not everyone sees monkeys. Maybe you don't have it in your locale or your your country, but or you have a zoo and there's a, a, a monkey there and they climb up over the zoo attendants and and hang out with the tail. Well, Ganesh has a way of hugging his mother, like Isis's ma element to Ganesh, and he'll hug. And so he just started climbing over her head, and then all of a sudden, her head was swallowed up by his head. <laughs> His head. So this gentleman could only see Ganesh's head. You know, Ganesh loves his head. <laughs> you know, and then he slowly just slid all the way through her and then presented himself. And this man's reaction was like, oh, my God. So then he relaxed. So why are we sharing this story? Because sometimes we don't, we only see what we think we see until we let our eyes soften in gaze. And that judgment sometimes blocks what is there to be really seen and immersed and be in resonance of because we're judging without meaning to. We're judging appearance instead of breathing because when we go into our elongated breath, we can't judge. We're so involved in the air ether within the air, which has given us space, that our mind isn't present in the in an individual sense, okay? Try it. Honestly, just, just give it a go. Relax. You're not being tested. Just go into your elongated breath really deep. Just take a moment. It takes a second. It takes a second. Yep, down we go. In into ether, space, embodied air. Yes. Earthed. Where's your head? It's not there. Ganesh <laughs> always used to say, Mum, take your head off your shoulders, pop it under your armpit. No more worry. You know, and that's the thing. It's all heady. Let go of that monkey mind, which is why the analogy with the monkey, right? See, there's wisdom in our dialogue. <laughs> so, the more you go into your elongated breath through ether, which allows the space for more air, which is connected to the earth, so you are grounded. You know, you're grounded. It's okay. You're not taking flight. You're not going to have a psycho thing. You know, it's grounded energy. And then we're going to talk about that Kundalini. What's the deal here? <laughs> God, what's this thing about psychosis? Good Lord. Now, we're not watering down by any stretch. Those people who've experienced that, we're just asking why, because that's fear-based. We teach kundalini through Lord Shiva. Lord Shiva is the kundalini awakening, and let go of the Indian Parthenon in that context. We're talking about the fire element in equanimity within the earth, when the fire is earthed, which it is all the time, it's fear that separates. It's fear that creates that psychosis, nothing else. Really, nothing else. So if you're being taught something other than that, maybe just ask the question without judgment. Ask the question to self. And if you're coming up with a fear-based answer, you'll know if, if you're fearing something. So don't go into an exercise or an activity when you're dabbling in fear because then things happen that aren't conducive to your well-being. It's a really, really important point. So, so we've gone serious now, haven't we? <laughs> it is, though. It's an awareness. When you're feeling fear, fearful, then whatever is actually being conveyed will be distorted because you're channeling fear through your own body, your own creativity. And, uh, and if you're fearing, if you're talking in terminology of paradigm, we don't 
use that word really, but we get that people do. So if you're feeling like you're all over the place and you're in different paradigms trying to walk the path of the middle road or equanimity, then it means you're trying, you're constantly in separation. And that is scary because you don't know where you're at. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you are. You know, you're all over the place. So yeah, because there's no breath. You've stopped breathing. You've held your breath. Let go of all that. You don't have to go into the analogy of that. Just relax into your body. Relax. Let go of that fight or flight. You don't have to nut it all out. You don't have to work out which paradigm am I going in. Unless you want to. Well, we, you know, we'll just step away right now if that's your thing. It's it's not something we can serve in. So switch the audio off, quick smart. So, yeah, just come back into your breath. You don't need to analyze this. You don't need to stress your body out. You don't have to stress your nervous system out. Simply relax and go into your breath. And let it all go. Let it just travel out of your vortex. Fear is counterproductive to your wholeness. Who needs it, you know? Relax in yourself. Trust in your flow. Trust in yourself. You know, and if you're feeling fearful, ask why. What am I so afraid of? You know, am I, uh, uh, because your mind can create all these stories. It's so clever. But your primordial intelligence is more so. And while there's not greater or less than, that primordial intelligence is never in separation of the all that is. It's totally connected. And it's grounding straight away you fall, clunk, earth element. Okay? So come back into your earth, come back into your breath. Allow ether to allow space in your solar plexus connected to your sacral, calming your nervous system and emotional body. Anchor the earth. It'll bring more air in through ether, with space, and you are no longer in your head. As beautiful as your head is, you're no longer in your head. Notice the difference? It is that simple. Does it take hours? God, no. Does it take a lifetime of study? No. It's a natural evolutionary process. It happens in a nanosecond. It is that simple. That's why Lord Shiva within Buddha focus, and as does Ganesh and Hanuman, they the three of them, and then Pralati comes in. Of course, Lakshmi with the abundance of air, ether, connected to the earth will come in. Sarasvati with the wisdom and knowledge. Understand that they're more than what people perceive through the Indian Parthenon. It's energetic streaming that creates an awareness of something that you already are in essence. But people in this world are very big on labels, right? If you don't have a name of something, you know, when people say, what do you do in this life? We go blank. <laughs> well, you know, where do you want to go? What do you want to be in this life? Well, hmm, you know, this labeling happens. And we understand why, because people need a point of reference. So if you're seeing it as a point of reference without getting hooked on that point of reference, then if it works for you, great. But it is a way of sharing something. So, yeah, we use it ourselves. We're talking. These are all words. These are labels in some way. So breath, important. It's why they're all those beings, but particularly Lord Shiva and in Shiva and Shiva, which is Purusha, Shakti Shiva, the whole thing, you will use different words. God, force, cosmic consciousness, whatever it is. The meaning is the same. The essence and the vibration is the same. Um, breath. That's why they focus on it, because it is the embodied energy and it can really connect you to that source energy effortlessly. It doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to make it effort, full of effort to connect in that way. It is that simple. Yet we forget. As soon as we go to talk to someone, we hold our breath. As soon as we go to share something that we're apprehensive, we hold our breath. You know, just breathe. Before you go to a yoga class, before you go to a Pilates gym, 
Go a one-on-one session with someone. Go to work. Before you go there, come into your breath. Connect with who and what you're about. When you are going to a yoga section, whether it's one-on-one or community-based or, or a group session, and you've had a rough day where you're really disconnected, you've been annihilated by something that's happened that day. We've all been there, right? It happens, it happens. Or you just got out of the bed and it wasn't the side you were in your happy side of bed. You were angry when you woke up because whatever reason. Connect with the breath. Go deeper into the elongated breath and it will calm that fire in your body. It will calm it and it will just kindle the warmth in your body and you'll feel the nurturing of the fire element rather than the wrath. And you'll feel calm, but you'll feel connected with your where you're at. And if you can't diffuse that upset, when you go to work or you go to that place or you go to that, you're aware of it. So you'll be aware of your cause and effect, your actions towards yourself and others around you. If you feel like you're still upset, you know, be aware of it in the tone you use to another person. Are you going to take it out on someone else because you've woken up on that side of the bed? You make a conscious decision to say, Maybe no. <laughs> you know, I'll just keep breathing through my day and be aware of how I'm going to be a knee-jerk reaction person. <laughs> All those things really count moment to moment. Ahimsa, do you no know harm to self or others, you know. And then if something just bounds out of your mouth and you think, God, I could have handled that better, forgive yourself because it happens. And you'll do it differently. You'll be something different next time. Sometimes patterns want to take a, a claw grip on you and, and just don't want to let you go. And sometimes that ego self rises up and in its effort to protect you, it wants to hold you back. So just breathe it out rather than admonishing it and being angry and saying, oh, it's my ego again, all that sort of thing. Just love it back because it'll love you back and just assimilate more cohesively you know, and let you expand in a more equanimity, sensitivity so that's what we wanted to share. We're really excited about our, our architectural design elements. You know, every, there's an architect in everyone and uh, there's an engineer in everyone. And, you know, and those things that you're not sure of, it's amazing how the lunar rays, the sun rays will embody those tapestries of light and then also bring to you others around you that are interested and want to collaborate. We're huge collaborators in Budai. We thrive. In fact, that's all we do. We just collaborate. We'll collaborate with everyone. Um, we've got an engineer that's working on the Desert Dirt Peapod. He um, has a business in engineering, obviously. Uh, also, if he loves physics, so he's into that. We have other people coming on board over the journey, and some people come and go with it. So, And then there's all of what we are in that energy of light. So get ready. 2020 sees Yogananda share his insight on Vastu Shastri. And uh, I think he'll say he'll touch base on some astrology. It's certainly not my thing. That's Isis. It's not my thing. But there's elements of those things. And even if you're not uh, into astrology, he sheds different understandings of Jupiter. And that's because Ganesh is known as Jupiter elements. So Ganesh will be with him in sharing that. And there's lots more coming. So send it out into the airways if there's something you're interested in. We'll tap in and tune into it and uh, attend to that uh, in a podcast or in our pod Patreon broadcast. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to catching up with you in any given nanosecond. Namaste. Enjoy your journey. Bye for now. <laughs>